you know, we've been going through this, uh, this whole dare to dance. Um, and I, I, my goal was to try and get through the Sermon on the Mount while Steve's out. And I realized I have one more Sunday after this one. And uh, we just got through the Beatitudes. Um, so we're going to try and stretch just a little bit. And I thought, well, you know, I can, I can consolidate. But guess what? I'm not going to be able to. So uh, we'll be coming back to it when I preach again. But in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, have you ever wondered who you are? Uh, you ever wondered who you are? I'm glad I'm not the only one. You know, I, I, there are times when you go through life and you wonder, who am I? Uh, how, do I how do I define myself? You know, if I asked you to write a list of things, how would you define yourself? Men would try to define themselves primarily by their jobs. Did you know that? You know, men always define themselves by what they do. The problem is, is that when a man retires, it becomes perhaps one of the most dangerous times in his life other than his adolescence, according to, according to statistics. Did you know that? Men, when they retire, struggle because they don't know who they are. Um, you know, adolescence is that time where everybody's trying to figure out who they are. I was a youth minister and loved, loved being a youth minister. It was so much fun because I called it the hats phase. And if you ever work with teenagers, um, they change their hats. I wish I'd brought a hat with me, you know. They change their hats all the time. One day they'll come in, their hat, ball caps on, and they're looking like a jock, you know, a little boy. The next day he'll have it turned backwards and he's, he's something totally different. He's always changing, trying to figure out who he is. Well, Jesus comes along and says, he's beginning to help us understand who we are. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, he says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thence, thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. Jesus, after he goes through the Beatitudes, tells us we're salt. Now, I think it's important that we understand what salt is. I mean, if I'm going to be something, I kind of like an idea of what it is. Anybody else? Jesus says, you're going to be the salt of the earth. Now, salt is an amazing thing. Um, do you know, anybody know what, what salt is made up of? It's made up of two chemicals. We got any, any uh, sodium, chloride. sodium chloride, which are two chemicals. What are they? Sodium and chloride. Yeah. Now, these two chemicals in and of themselves are amazing. By themselves, did you know they're deadly? They are absolutely deadly. Let, let's talk about sodium just a little bit. Sodium is a, a, a metal, and it's a, a base metal. And it, if you could look at it on the atomic level, you would discover that this little sodium atom has an extra electron running around in its outer shell. Okay, It's wanting to share this electron with something else. Sodium actually is one of those metals. Uh, I had a chemistry teacher when I was in high school that told us about kids who had stolen 
sodium from the chemistry storage department. And they took this sodium out to a pond and threw the sodium onto the pond. And you know what the sodium did? It caught fire. It caught fire, turned the water to lye, and killed all the fish. Sodium is very reactive. And it likes to share that electron, and boy, it caught on fire. It's a metal that will burn when it's exposed to water. That's pretty potent, isn't it? And then you have chloride or chlorine. Anybody remember World War I? Not that you were there. Uh, chlorine was one of those gases that they used during World War I to kill people to gas soldiers. So chlorine by itself has an, is missing one atom in that outer shell. So it's constantly looking for an extra electron. So when you get sodium together and chloride together, guess what? They share that electron and it makes a salt. And it's very, very, very tight, hard bond. It's hard to break apart salts. Extremely hard. But Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. Hmm. Have you ever wondered if you've got a clear picture of who you are? I know, uh, anybody remember last Sunday when we were watching and Eric had uh, videotaped the, uh, the workers uh, on work day? And I'll be honest with you, I didn't recognize the gray-haired fat man that was walking around. No, that was me. Uh, God's trying to tell us who we are, and I think sometimes we need a better clue of who we are. So first thing he says, after we enter into a relationship, now remember, what was the first beatitude? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now remember what that was about. That was about us admitting we need God. We can't do it alone. Now, what does God give? He gives us everything, doesn't He? God gives. And so, when we enter into a relationship with God, we change. We move from being just a taker to a sharer. Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth. Now, in our day and age, we don't think about how important salt is. I mean, I remember when I worked at Food World. Anybody remember Food World? That was a long time ago in a land far, far away. I remember working in Food World, and I, uh, I was a stalker. And do you know how much one of those little Morton salt things cost? 29 cents. 18 cents when I was working. I remember, because I got to put the little stamp. That's back before they used barcodes, you know. That was a long time ago. 18 cents. I remember when I moved into my first apartment. Did you know that there was one of those Morton Salt things in the upper cabinet? And when I left that apartment, there was still a Morton Salt container. We don't think about how important it is. But any of y'all ever heard this term, salary? You heard the term, salary? Salary? You got a job and you get paid a salary? 
Have you ever heard that term, that phrase that says he ain't worth the salt? The word salary is the root word for salt. And as a matter of fact, the Roman government would pay soldiers in salt. Imagine if you got paid in salt. Nowadays, it's not a big deal. But back then, salt was essential. Did you know that you cannot live without salt? Not just because it tastes good. Uh, and you know, and you know why you know? Because of what you just went through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if your sodium drops low, which is where you go, you know where you get your sodium? Salt. So when your sodium drops low, you'll, you can die. Salt is essential for your nerves to fire in your body. Did you realize that? And if you don't have enough sodium in your body, it'll die, you'll die. Anybody remember working outside when they were, well, years and years ago, working outside and them having to give you salt pills? Ooh, yeah. You sweat too much, you need salt pills, don't you? Salt was essential for life. It was extremely important for life. We have to have it. But let's talk about salt. How many of you just like salt? I, I like salt. I, I really do. Um, my wife has been trying for a number of years to uh, get me on a diet. And she has not been successful as of yet. But she keeps trying. Don't mean she's not going to give up. I promise you. And she's going to tell me it's not a diet. It's just eating healthy. But let me tell you something. If those vegetables don't have salt on them, I don't want them. I don't want them. What does salt do? What does it do? We know it's essential for life. What else? Flavors. Flavor. Think about this. I remember I was a, I was a little kid. We were at a, a family reunion. And, you know, they had, uh, you know, when you're at a family reunion, you kind of let the kids go. You know, they're all running around doing stuff. I remember getting a slice of watermelon. And I was excited. I was ready to dive into that watermelon. And my brother walked over and he grabbed the salt shaker and he sprinkled it on that watermelon. I wanted to hit him. It's like, what are you doing putting salt on my watermelon? He said, just try it. And you know what I discovered? Yeah, you put salt on watermelon, what does it do? It makes watermelon more watermelony. I know that's not a word, but I'm, I'm, I'm channeling Steve this morning, okay? It brings out the flavor. It brings out the flavor. It, it, it makes whatever food you're eating taste more like what it's supposed to taste like. Salt is extremely important. And what else, does, what else does salt do? It preserves. As a matter of fact, anybody ever had salt pork? I remember I tried doing salt pork without soaking it. Don't do that. It's not good. But it, it preserves. Salt absorbs moisture and it keeps bacteria from growing. It, it has the power to preserve. 
But this is one of the things I want you to think. Anybody ever had, anybody ever think about uh, Thanksgiving and ham? I didn't eat breakfast. But uh, uh, what happens after you get that big old slice of ham? Now, I'll be honest with you. If you give me a choice between dessert and a honey-baked ham, I'm taking the honey-baked ham. But you eat that big old slice or two or three slices or more slices of that ham, and you, you, you kick back and sit down and take your nap. What happens when you wake up? You're thirsty. Salt creates thirst. So when Jesus says you're the salt of the earth, he has a caution with it. He says if you lose your saltiness, what good are you? Other than to be tossed out and trodden under the foot of men. Now when we think of salty, unfortunately we have a tendency to think of what? When it comes to people. Sailors? Huh? Merchant Marines? Uh, I'll be honest with you, when I was in high school, I, I did the ASVAB. Yeah, y'all remember that. And they were recruiting me hot and heavy, and I wanted to be a preacher at the time, so I went down to the Naval Recruiting Station. They didn't know what, they were, what I wanted to be, and I walked in there and sat down, and I could see the papers just start to peel off the wall as those men talked. And then they looked at me and said, well, I'm glad you're here. We'll see your scores. Now, what are you interested in doing? I want to be a preacher. Boy, their language changed real quick. We have a tendency to think salty in a negative way. But I want you to change the way you're thinking. I want you to think of salt as Jesus thinks of salt. Not in a negative way, but in a positive way. What makes us salty? Is it what we do? No. What makes us salty is what God does in our life. It's something that only God can do. And it comes from what? The relationship with God. It changes us. And I think about what the role salt plays, it, it preserves. Now, you can read the Scripture, and when God takes His children home, what happens? It ain't good, is it? it? When Jesus comes back and judgment happens to humanity, it ain't good, is it? So, our being here does preserve. But what else? I think we need to realize that we're supposed to bring out the God flavors in this world. Remember, we just talked about, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what? See God. How do we bring out the God flavors? Remember, we live in a world filled with spiritual poverty, don't we? I mean, the world is constantly holding out the carrot. If you just get this, if you just get this, if you finally catch the carrot, you'll be somebody. But that's not the way God works, is it? He's not holding a carrot out. He's saying, I love you. 
He loves us. Why? Because we're good? I hope not. Because we're good looking? Let's face it, folks, we're in trouble. Does he love us because we got money? Does he love us because we're Americans? Does he love us because of something? No. God is totally different. His kingdom is totally different. He loves us because he is love. Wow. If God is love and we're to be salty, what should be the primary evidence of our relationship with the Father? Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples by you. Don't drink, don't smoke, and don't chew, and don't get, date girls that do, right? No. <laughs> I ain't going there, Moses. <laughs> he said, they'll know you're my disciples by your love. Hmm. Remember the Beatitudes. They all come from the love of God as it operates in our lives. And His love is what transforms us. His love is what we should be pointing to. And you know what? We live in this world and sometimes we buy into this world's ways. And we watch the news. You ever watch the news? Do they talk about the good stuff that's happening? I know I was laying down. Uh, Chris and I have been camping over at Buck's Pocket. And I laid down last night and I thought, you know, we're supposed to go to Yellowstone in October if the Lord wills it and the COVID don't rise. And I thought on YouTube, there was what happens if Yellowstone blows up? Has anybody seen that? We got one person. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to give her kind of a nudge just because, you know, Chris always imagines the worst. She always does. She always has. And I was sitting there watching. It was talking about how bad things were going to be if it blew up. And it was going to dump dust all over the United States. It was going to create a cloud and put us into a, a, a winter that was just going to possibly devastate the entire world. It was going to be really bad for America. And I was thinking, she's not saying a thing. And I thought, oh man, she's intense. I looked over at her. You know what she was doing? She had her ear things in watching her phone. I was like, what's the point? So I'll save it for this evening when she's not watching her phone. We live in a world that's very, very focused on the negative. But imagine of, of us as believers, focused on the love of God as we see it around us. Where do you see God? You know, our, our tendency is to think, well, you can see Him in church, and you can. Don't get me wrong, I love coming to worship. Scott did an awesome job. The music team did an awesome job this morning and, and helped lift me into the presence of God, which is great. But if that's the only place you're seeing God, you're missing it. If you take times to open your eyes, you can see God all around. 
He's always present. He's always near. There are those beautiful moments when you just look out and you go, wow. That's worship, folks. And this world needs to see that. To see those moments where God shows up. Now, God is always present. God is always around. God is always there. But stop and think. When's the last time you've helped anybody see God's hand, God's presence? Not your presence, but God's presence. When we think about sharing our testimony, when's the last time you shared your testimony? And if your testimony is all about you, it's not a testimony. A testimony is talking about who? God. His love. His grace. His mercy. I love those moments when, when God shows up. Just a, I was doing this Bible study at a nursing home. And I'll be honest with you, I love doing Bible studies in a nursing home. I may be weird, but I love doing it. And I never will forget, I was, sit, I was teaching on this very subject. And a lot of the patients that I have aren't verbal. They can't talk, but they want to be there. Well, I'm guessing they want to be there. <laughs> but I never will forget, there was one lady, and she came in there, and she was just agitated. She couldn't talk, but she was agitated. You, if you've ever been in a nursing home and you see patients that are, that, are, that are at that place, you could tell she was just agitated and just kind of reaching out and getting in people's way. And I never will forget. There was another woman sitting right next to her. And some of them will push them away. Get away from me. Get away. Get away. But this woman, she couldn't talk either. And you know what she did? She reached up and she grabbed that woman's hand, pulled it down and kissed it and placed it over her heart. And you know what happened? That woman calmed down in just that moment. And I was like, wow, that's a God moment. That's where peace invaded the world. That's where love showed up in one of the most beautiful moments I'd ever seen. I remember talking to a, a, a young man. His mother-in-law was in the nursing home. And she adored this young man. Um, every time Barack Obama would come up on the TV screen, she would point at Barack Obama and say, that's my son. And I was like, really? Yeah, that's my, that's my son. She said, but he's actually my son-in-law. I was thinking, hmm, that's funny. I've never seen him here. And I happened to meet her son-in-law. And I asked, I asked her about that. I asked him about that. And he said, oh, yeah, um, she hated me. I said, really? I said, she thinks you're president of the United States. He says, I know that now. She thinks I'm the president of the United States. But when I first met her, she hated me. 
I was her, I was her favorite daughter's second husband. And she loved her first husband. But she hated me with a passion. He said, I had to take care of her until she got into the nursing home. My wife couldn't pick her up. I mean, she was, she was light. I mean, she was a frail, frail lady. And he said, I used to carry her up the stairs to put her in bed. And he said, she would cuss me from the bottom of the stairs all the way to the top till the time I put her in the bed. I said, what happened? He said, you know, I, I started to pray about it. And I kept praying about it. Kept praying about it because I knew she didn't know any better. He said, I kept praying about it. And he said, God told me to love the hell out of her. He said, so that's what I did. And I thought, wow. That's salt. That's salt. That's not returning evil for evil, but returning love for hate. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. Are you bringing out the God flavors? Are you realizing you're important to God? You're valuable to God. You are worth your salt because Jesus said you're worth your salt. You're worth the life of Jesus Christ. You're valuable. You preserve, but you're here to bring out the God flavors. So where you see God show up, point those things out. Be that salt that you were created to be. Not because you're perfect. Not because you've got your act together. But because you are loved because what's the truth does love show up when everything's easy mm -mm. love's hard ladies we got one pregnant here she reminded me of my wife when she was pregnant you know the first thing she told me this morning you don't mind me sharing she said I said, I'm so glad you're here. How are you? She said, I'm hot. <laughs> Love is hard. It's hard. And how do I know that? Pregnancy. Women, you go through pregnancy. Some of you go through it one time. Some of you go through it multiple times. And I'll be honest with you, as a man, if I were a woman, I would not let a man touch me with a 10-foot pole. But you know what? I saw my wife go through one pregnancy, and I don't know what it is. I don't know how God makes a woman forget, but I'm so thankful He did. Because four years later, 
She had another one. And I'll be honest with you, my wife would have had a whole football team if the doctor hadn't told her, no more. But love is hard. But it's the most powerful thing we have as human beings. Love has the ability to change the world. And I believe that was the message of Jesus from the get-go. It has been the message of God from the very beginning when He talked to Adam and Eve in the garden. He met them every afternoon to go for a walk. And you know what the devil did? If you go back and you read Genesis 3, you know what he did? Basically, he put doubt about the love of God. God said, don't eat from that tree. It's not good for you. But what did the devil say? Go ahead, eat. For then you will be like God. You know what he was saying? God's holding out on you. That's what he was saying. He cast doubt on the love of God. But from the very beginning, God was saying, I love you. From the very beginning till the very moment we draw breath in, God is saying, I love you. And Jesus showed us the love of God like no one else ever could or ever did. You're the salt of the earth. Don't lose your savor. Don't lose your flavor. Don't forget who you are. You're a human being. Broken. A mess. In desperate need of the love of God. And when that love invades, it creates something absolutely amazing. God never lets go. You and God together are salt. You preserve this world. You're valuable. And oh, how he likes to bring out the God flavors in you so that the world may know how good he is. Let's pray. Help us, Father. Help us to abide in that love that you have given us. To be reminded even in our deepest, darkest moments when things are so hard. To be reminded that you never leave. That you never forsake. That you are with us always. That in those deepest, darkest moments, Father, you show up. And your love shines bright. And we are reminded that we are valuable. That we are precious. 
Father, we are reminded that through us you long to show this world how much it is loved. Help us, Father, to live out that love. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We would love for you to connect with us online. On our website, you'll find up-to-date information about everything happening around here. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And please, download our free app on your smartphone or tablet. We are so glad you're here today. We hope you feel at home, and we hope you enjoy your Friendship North experience.